Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to the State of America. This is David. I'm here with my good buddy, Ian. Ian, we are at the uh, Nashville Rockin' Pod at our table. And this is going to be a very, very quick episode that we're going to do because we had something happen to us that was so cool. We thought we wanted to get it out for you. So, uh, Ian, why don't you explain what happened to us yesterday? All right, so we ended up interviewing the legendary Greg Bissonette. Uh, You'll know from many, many projects, uh, one of the most notable for me being uh, his time spent in the Eat and Smile Band with David Lee Roth. He was with Roth up until uh, 92, uh, just after a little in enough, so we had an interview with him. Gracious guy. Couldn't have been nicer, isn't that right, David? Yeah, it was. It was kind of a last-minute thing that got set up for us on Friday before everything started in a conference room, and we were supposed to get 15 minutes with him, so we're about five minutes in, and all of a sudden, the, the door to the conference room swings open, and Ian tell them who it was. None other than Billy Sheehan coming in, and they had a bit of a, a reunion of sorts. I guess they hadn't seen each other in a while. And then here's David and I just going, uh, let's keep tape rolling on this one. Yeah, so what happened was they uh, were just talking. So we just uh, we didn't hit stop. We just let it record. And so they're talking about Steve Vice pizza-making abilities and everything. So it's going to be a lot of stuff on there that we normally would not have had on there but we're not going to edit it out because it was just really really cool yeah we're just going to kind of put it up uh, as is warts and all but we thought it was a really cool experience it was really nice meeting those two guys it was uh it was a big deal for for me i know especially because uh, like i said i love those records i love their playing on so many so many things and and, and greg bissonette couldn't have been a nicer guy right so here's greg bissonette with a surprise appearance by billy sheehan All right, everybody, so we are here with Greg Bissonette, a very, very famous longtime musician. Greg, thank you for coming on with us. How are you doing? Thank you, Ian. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I get to play uh, bass and drums with one of my dear, dear friends of 35 years, Billy Sheehan, tonight. We're going to do Ain't Talking About Love by that band on your shirt and Yankee Rose and Shy Boy, so that's going to be fun. Well, let me ask you real quick, playing with somebody like that, he has his own style. Yeah. There's nobody else that plays like him. Right. And the drummer and the bass player are supposed to be simpatico. Right, we are. Because of the way he plays, does your approach have to be slightly different? I don't think so. I think I just kind of play the way I play, and he plays the way he plays. And The first time we played together was my audition for David Lee Roth in 85. And we hit it off then, and we're hitting it off now. Well, I went to see the Winery Dogs like two years ago. Love the Winery Dogs. And so my whole thing was, all right, this song I'm only watch Kotzen. This song I'm only going to watch Sheehan. This song I'm only going to watch Portnoy. But they're all so good. They are all you're so like, great. You're like, oh, he's doing this bass run. i got to look at that. You know, Kotzen's over here playing without a pick. And, you know, Portnoy's Portnoy. Mike is so great. Yeah. So what a band. What a great band. And I'm, Richie can sing, too, man. I've always said that if Soundgarden got back together, 
there's your guy. He even looks a little bit like Chris Cornell. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a great band. I mean, the Eat em and Smile Band. Fantastic band. Oh, thank you, Ian. That must have been a, a exciting time. I oh. mean, to be in David Lee Roth's thing right after he leaves Van Halen. How did that come to be for you? Uh, I was auditioning for Vinnie Vincent's Invasion. Myron Grumbacher, the Pat Benatar drummer, one of my best friends, recommended me to Vinnie. And I showed up and he goes, we already got a guy. I'm sorry, but I wanted to meet you. And Dave Roth's looking for a drummer. And I said, Dave? David Lee Roth, he's in Van Halen. <laughs> no, he just quit Van Halen, and he got Billy Sheehan, and then they got Steve Vai, and they're looking for a drummer. So that was 85, and then uh, Eat em and Smile, and then the Eat em and Smile tour, and then the Skyscraper album, and the Skyscraper tour, and then the A Little Ain't Enough album, and then the A Little Ain't Enough tour. From 85 to 92, seven super fun years. Well, speaking of that, Little ain't enough. You know, one of the great tragedies of that is what happened to Jason Becker. You better believe it. I helped Jason get in the band. Mike Vardy, you might know that name, great guy in the industry, Shrapnel Records. He knew every guitar player. And I said, Mike, Steve I has left. He's doing his own thing. And we need somebody that's like on that high, high, high level. He goes, I've got the perfect guy, Jason Becker. He sent me a cassette of Jason. I went to Dave's house. I played it for Dave, and we looked at each other, and we went, he goes, you got an 8x10? I go, yeah, here's an 8x10. He looks great, he sounds great. And he was in the band. And so uh, while we were recording that album, it was diagnosed that he had ALS. And what a sad, sad story. And he's still kicking, man. He's still writing music. He can only move his eyes. I've seen the documentary. It's just... Oh. It's it's one of those things like I don't need to complain about anything in my That's life. That's right. Never. <laughs> exactly. You know, if if he had not gotten that diagnosis and it was today, how would we be looking at him as far as like one of the great guitar players of his generation? Oh, we would be looking at him even he'd be even more popular than he is now. People know about him, musicians know about him, but he's not the household word that he should be because of course when you're with Dave or Van Halen or any really really super huge recording and touring band then you become a household name and then never he never got to tour with us but he's on that album and he sounds so great how about that song it's showtime oh unbelievable oh my god i always thought that whole album was a very underrated album like it kind of came out a little too close to when kind of grunge took over everything and what was it like working on that album because i mean it was produced by bob rock i mean right. it seems like it, it had all the makings of a, of a huge album that album sounds so good drum sound wise too because we went to that room little mountain sound in vancouver where bob worked and he had recorded you know kingdom come and i don't know if it was before or after dr feelgood tommy lee told me about bob rock because we were hanging out playing double drums, and he pulled in the Tower Records, we're in Tommy's vet, he pulls in the Tower record, Records, he says, I wanna get this album by this band Kingdom Come, this guy Bob Rock, we're thinking of using him. And I heard that album and I went, man, James Kotak, the drummer, his drums just sounded so beautiful, so big. So we recorded with Bob up in uh, Vancouver and we used that famous loading bay where they mic up the loading bay and your drums are here. Again, I had Myron Grombacher's Ludwig Big Kit and we're micing everything through that loading bay. And you listen to A Little Ain't Enough or you listen to Babies on Fire or every song on that album. And that's Bob Rock's big drum sound. Well, one of the things that's interesting about Bob Rock is the way he recorded drums. Right. 
that kind of became his signature right. thing. What was it like? Did, what did he do differently to get that sound? He just used more room sound. Okay. I'll tell you, Andy Johns, one of my yeah. favorite engineer producers, recorded my brother and I with Joe Satriani and The Extremist. I used that same drum set. This is after Dave, about a year after Dave. And it was in Ocean Way, a really big, a really big studio in L.A. But Andy Johns put my drums through a big PA and mic'd them all over in the room, like he did with John Bonham on Levy Breaks in a big castle. And Bob Rock did a similar thing, but he put mics up in this huge, huge loading bay that was like, hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> so that's when you mic up those big rooms, whether it's a little ain't enough, Bob Rock or Andy Johns and. The extremist, like that song Friends, starts off with drums. That's that big ocean way room. Or when the levee breaks, John Bonham, when Andy Johns recorded John Bonham in that castle, man. That's that's using the room. The big you use you have close drum mics, but you have a big, big room with mics all over the place. And that catches that that reverb, that echo, the room sound. So we do also wanted to talk about your current project, the Redcoats. You want to tell Thank us a little you. bit about that? Yeah, the Redcoats, uh, my brother. Matt, he's just my hero, man. He's my musical. He's a bass player, right? He's a younger than me bass player. <laughs> Two years younger than me, but we were in Maynard Ferguson's band together. David Lee Roth, after Billy left, my brother Matt got the gig. We were in Ringo's band together in 2003. We always do gigs together. We had our own band called The Mustard Seeds, kind of like a King's X kind of band. Really great band. Very beatle even heavy. Anyway, Matt wrote this album of songs, and he's singing everything, playing bass, producing it. And uh, we got Mike Medina in Texas to play percussion and sing some backgrounds. Andy Timmons, a great guitar player. Mm -hmm. He was in Danger, Danger. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Wally Minkow was a great keyboard player. So that album, The Redcoats, it's like The Beatles meets Chick Corea meets Frank Zappa and King's X all in one. That sounds awesome. That's, quite, that's quite the stew. Where can, <laughs> is there somewhere people can go to find Anywhere. out more about it? You okay. can get it on iTunes, Apple Music. You can even... Any, anywhere you can buy music, you can find the red codes. Two D's, R E D D C O A T. Okay, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Um, since this is a Black Crows podcast, before we get to some of you saying earlier, you knew Steve Gorman. Very well. Steve is a great friend. I, I went to their first show they did in LA, and he borrowed my drums, and I said, You got to keep that snare. It's never sounded that good. He hits so hard, man. He, so he's very underrated. Amongst musicians and, and fans like us, we think he's John Bonham. Yeah. You know, but and he like, played with Jimmy Page. Well, right? that's what I was going to ask you about. Have you listened to any of those recordings? Oh, are you kidding? So, Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? <laughs> so, oh, my, oh my Lord. Bad, bad Billy Sheehan is here. I sure have listened to that. Billy. What a riot. What a riot. Hey, Billy, how are you? Guy. How you doing, Billy? <laughs> well, they're probably going to set you up over here. Okay. Anyway, I have listened to that much. Uh, Black Crows with uh, Jimmy Page. That's an amazing... Steve Gorman, one of my favorite drummers. Are you hip to Steve Gorman, the Black Crows drummer? What a feel, man. I'm not sure. He's the guy in all, on all those Black Crows albums, but they also, the Black Crows and Jimmy Page did a bunch of Zeppelin. Um, they did a live album. Yeah, yeah. Album. Wow. That's so great. He lives here in Nashville, and so do you. I do. <laughs> Are you guys interviewing Billy next? Uh, I don't think we have him on our on well, our list. Yeah, yeah, he's on there. We're, we're live on. Uh, Sorry, I, I didn't know. I, no, it's I, it's, it's really fun. We'll, we'll edit it out. This is actually kind of cool. Just raving about you. He said, "Well, Billy's got his own style. Nobody plays like Billy. Do you need to adjust your drumming to play with Billy?" I said, "Absolutely not. Billy can play with anybody." And when we first jammed together at SIR in my audition, we melded then and we melt tonight. I, I remember uh, that like it was yesterday. Well, I told him. 
I told him I went to see the winery dogs. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch Richie for this song. I'm going to watch Billy for this song and the Portnoy for this song. But then you can't do it because all of a sudden you're over here just doing this crazy bass run and you're looking at that and then you're Kotzen is Kotzen and then, you know, Portnoy. Three ring circuit. <laughs> Who do I watch? What a yeah. band. Winery dogs. Thank you, bro. What a band. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's so great to see you. He's one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth of all time. Yeah, and likewise, I was telling people on the last podcast about our pizza party with Steve I's pizza oven. Oh, my God. What a catastrophe. <laughs> we couldn't make the best pizzas, but we had a great time. Oh, and he's got right. a great pizza oven. Steve's turned out pretty good. Billy and mine's were more like paninis. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a mush of uncooked dough and some stuff on it. But we had a great, great yeah. time. You just do what you can do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what a trip. We're hanging. I see that. We're Welcome, hanging. Mr. Billy. How are Hi. you? Mr. Billy. Mr. Big. Mr. <laughs> Billy Big. Mr. Big Billy. All right. Guys, thank you. Thank y'all so much. Shine!